Matt Mosley, ESPN Central Texas, now joined by Priest Holmes. Priest, this is so much fun to get to visit with you. Congratulations. Another uh, Hall of Fame. I was just looking at it. I, this is somewhere around like either 6th or 7th Hall of Fame uh, you've been inducted into, but they I guess they never get old, do they, Priest? No, they never get old. And uh, Coach Ramil with the Kansas City Chiefs, my uh, coach there, He'd always say, man, whenever you have an opportunity to collect some hardware, you need to take it. So I definitely am excited about the opportunity and the award. And what did you think when you were called about this one? You're already in that high school Hall of Fame, but the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, that's a, that is a really you know, big deal in the state. It's a wonderful place. Um, what, was your, what were your immediate feelings when you got contacted about this one? Yeah, when Jay Black originally called me, I thought it was a mistake. The re- here's the reason why I say that, because <laughs> I was under the impression that I had already been inducted into the Hall of Fame there in Waco. And then uh, when I saw the email, that was my first uh, impression. And then I said, okay, well, maybe I'll talk to him and he'll, he'll let me know he made a mistake. So I ended up following up with a phone call with Jay Black there uh, with the Hall of Fame there in Waco. And he says, no, that's one thing. That's high school. This is now representing the state of Texas as an athlete that's contributed. And I said, you know what? I'm pretty excited about the opportunity, and I gladly will accept. So I'm glad to be a part of this uh, new group that's going to be um, being in- inducted this uh, weekend. I'm excited, and uh, I'll have my family there as well. We'll be driving up from San Antonio. What a class. Uh, I mean, Robert Brazil was on me the other day. Scott Drew, local legend with Baylor. Uh, Michael Strahan. Uh, I'm sure y'all ran up against each other from time to time. I mean, that's got to be kind of neat to look around. Even Carlette Guidry, who's a great runner at the University of Texas. I mean, it's a it's a, a sterling class. I mean, these things are always stacked. But this one in particular, Priest, that's got to be kind of fun to look at the other names and to think about some of those storied careers. Uh, it really is. And so I, I probably can't run as fast as uh, Ms. Gidry, but I tell you what, uh, we're going to give her a run for our money in terms of who's going to have uh, uh, the, the greatest speech, I guess, that's going to be happening. We're going to be all competing for that. So, you know, it's one thing about being an athlete, whether you're a female or a male, you're always going to be competitive. And uh, I'm excited to see the uh, individuals that's going to be inducted. We'll have an opportunity to meet each other uh, right before we get everything uh, kicked off there uh, in the evening time. But it's going to be pretty exciting. And like I said, not only have I played with some really great running backs in the same backfield and also against uh, running backs uh, in the National Football League, uh, but the talent is always there. You can see it today. You know, kids are getting bigger, stronger, and faster. Uh, And now that they've got some of these uh, likeness and images for kids that can get paid now i think it's going to open up the door to even better athletes and they're going to have more opportunities priest holmes join us on the matt mosley show can you get some back pay on some of that nil uh priest i mean my goodness those jerseys over the years uh, i think you should be able to dip back in and and uh and receive some of those proceeds (laughs) yeah you know there was a, a funny time uh you know during the time that i played um, unfortunately, the only thing that we were able to probably share in is that there was always this infamous 
uh, set of car keys that floated around. We don't know whose rental car it belongs to, but everybody <laughs> had a chance to drive it. So, but now, you know, the kids have much more of an opportunity to benefit off their likeness and image. And, you know, uh, hats off to uh, to the system that's allowed for that to come underway and the judges that have uh, uh, fought in the favor of the, the players. And so I think it's an incredible opportunity. Um, the kids just going to have to make sure they've got some risk management uh, in front of them so that they can uh, uh, have someone there to help them, guide them, you know, because that's a lot of money that they're going to get a chance to uh, get their hands onto at a very young age. Now, who did you look up at the University of Texas? All those storied running backs, which you became a part of. Was it Earl? I mean, you're too little too young to – I mean, you do remember him, obviously, because, I mean, we're about the same age, so you saw him when you were a kid running for the Oilers. But was that uh, the back, or was there another running back at the University of Texas that you were you kind of wanted to emulate or, or that you loved growing up? Yeah, so to say emulate, uh, for me, I had a little bit of a different story and a different road of, of finding out that person who that was. Uh, for me, it was unfortunately was it not someone at the at the University of Texas. The reason why I say that is because I'm originally from uh, Fort Smith, Arkansas. My parents were mm. in the military. Dad was Army. My mother was Air Force. And so once they got stationed in San Antonio, that's kind of what brought me to San Antonio. And so uh, had a, had a wonderful time growing up. But there was two teams that I remember as a young kid growing up. This is even before I started playing football. I didn't start until maybe the age of 12 uh, when I started playing football, uh, which was like around sixth grade middle school uh, is when I started. But um, when I talk about someone I would emulate, well, there were two guys, right? Uh, on Sunday, you would see Earl Campbell with the Houston Oilers or you would see Tony Dorsett with the Dallas Cowboys. Now, for years, I'd watch Earl Campbell, but for some reason, I know I didn't look like him. So it wasn't believable for me to ever say I could even <laughs> be like that or run like that. But there was another person that was, you know, right down uh, I-35 that um, played for the Dallas Cowboys. And so that particular person was, of course, Tony Dorsett. And so as he began to run and as I began to grow, I said, well, I, I think I kind of look like him. I can act like him when I'm playing throw up tackle football on the street. And so for me, the emulation was uh, for Tony Dorsett. And so it wasn't until maybe my my fourth or third year in the league so this is like now close to 1999 2000 when he was in baltimore uh which was the first team that i was with for four years he was in baltimore with his nonprofit, and he was doing some fundraising and therefore an appearance and so i got a chance to finally meet him but that would be the person i would say when i was growing up it wasn't it wasn't earl because i didn't look anything like him i knew i wasn't going to grow any bigger to look to be that size but uh, there was someone that was playing for the Cowboys at that particular time uh, in Tony Dorsett. So he would be the one that I emulated uh, before I got to the University of Texas. So the 99-yard touchdown, do you remember as a kid watching that, the famous one on Monday Night Football against the Vikings? I bet you've, if you weren't watching it live, you've seen that a million times. Absolutely. I've seen it. I've, uh, you know, played it back on VHS, VHS back in that time, uh, <laughs> when it was, it was, we had to watch it on. Uh, and even to this day, you know, um, and, and I, you know, I know his son, Anthony Dorsett as well and played against uh, Anthony, his son, uh, while we were in the league together, but, uh, definitely one that I kind of, uh, tried to emulate. And I said, you know what, if I can do anything, I know I'm going to look like him. I, I can, I can, I can juke like him and I can get up the sideline like he can. And so that's kind of what took me there. But I tell you what, though, even though I may have emulated him, I had an opportunity and very fortunate to play with some, uh, along the backfield with some really great, uh, outstanding backs, you know, all the way from Ricky Williams to Eric Rett in Baltimore to Jamal Lewis in Baltimore and, uh, you know, all these backs I took a little bit from. And so that's what I really would say 
uh, allowed me to hone my game is because I actually played in the backfield some really good guys. And so I always had to find a way to, uh, you know, have the edge or find a way to get into the starting lineup or get into the rotation. And of course, when you go to the University of Texas, it was always back then in the early 90s, it was running back by committee. So if you had the best back that was in San Antonio, you could have two backs that were the best backs in, in, in Dallas, Texas, that would be on the same team. And so we always were trying to fight for an opportunity to run the ball. And so Ricky shows up when you were hurt, right? And and so that had to be interesting. Uh, I mean, it was it was interesting. You get to the Chiefs and you just you just blew up. And and I'm sure in your mind you were like, well, I was just waiting for my chance. But that deal you signed with the Chiefs, I don't even think the Chiefs could have ever thought you would end up doing what you did there. Uh, but I, I, all those times and going through injuries, how much did that help you and fuel you? You know, having been out at Texas for that almost a whole season, as I recall, uh, how much do you think that helped you down the road in, in kind of being ready for your moment? Yeah, it really did help me. You know, I uh, blew out my knee just, and it was in practice, and so it was in the spring. So, you know, UT this past this weekend, they're actually going to have their spring game. So it was literally a few weeks before, you know, if you think of spring, spring ball for the University of Texas this weekend, it was just maybe a month before that that happened. I was on a just a normal play. I uh, was running downhill in the A-gap. I get the ball. I run about 20 yards. I'm at the end of the run getting ready to go run another play, and I turn around, and Stoney Clark, one of our uh, defensive uh, linemen, he stumbles and then barrels right into my knee. If any other practice, any other day, it wouldn't happen. This particular day, he falls down as I'm turning around to go back to the huddle and uh, uh. blows out my knee, right? And so um, – that happens in the spring, like right around this time of the year. And then right after the spring, Ricky and then um, Sean come in to the University of Texas. And Sean was a junior transfer from uh, Blinn. And these two guys come in here, and they're primed and ready to go. Uh, Sean, Sean Mitchell is a junior transfer. And then Ricky Williams is, is a herald of, you know, baseball player slash running back with all this upside and talent. And he, you know, he comes in, unlike any of us that are already in college, we don't even know what it means to be already drafted and now coming in as a freshman. We don't even know what that looks like, but, you know, we get a chance to see Ricky Williams and kind of the mystique that, that he had and everything that uh, he brought to the table. Um, but it really did talk, teach me one thing is because I remember when I was getting ready and I had just had my ACL repair, and Sean and Ricky were coming in. I had to make that that tough decision. You know, do I try to do I try to just get in the rotation with these two guys right now, um, or do I really look at where I'm at with my injury and evaluate what's going on? And I remember, I don't know if you remember, they used to have these uh, knee braces. They called them Don Joys. And I'm telling you, they were they looked like the size of a uh, of a refrigerator around your knee. You know, and, and it wouldn't allow you it wouldn't allow you to for me it puts you on like a railroad track where you can only go north and south. And I wasn't that type of runner. I was a perimeter runner and I could, I could cut back against the grain and I could be shifty. And so I knew at that point when I went into uh, that camp, when Ricky and Sean were coming in and I said, Bucky Gobble, who was my running back coach, I said, you know, I, I don't, I don't think I'm going to be able to be me with this Don Joy brace on my knee. So maybe I need to be able to just rehab this while these guys take over and, they were two touted, you know, young players coming in, so they were ready to go, and it was it proved it right. I believe Ricky had a little bit under a thousand yards. I think he finished with nine hundred yards his freshman year, and I believe Sean had over a thousand. So that duo definitely is what we needed, and it kind of brought back the running game once again. But for me, it was all downhill, and it was always like, you know, here comes the doubt creeping in. It's like, okay, you know, how do I get through this? And but 
you know, I stayed the course, stayed in the weight room, stayed working out. Um, I was always known to be a student of the game. So that's what really helped me to stay on track. And then when I got an opportunity to get back into that rotation, when we went into that inaugural year for the Big 12 championship, um, it gave me an opportunity to kind of have these guys, they got it. They're really good running backs. I can sit back here and rehab and get ready and, and, and wait for my opportunity. And, you know, when I got that chance, that call to be able to go up to Baltimore, and even with Baltimore, I was undrafted. And that was an opportunity just to go show if you can just participate and make the team. You know, it, was, it wasn't a guarantee. But, you know, through it all, I think that all of the, the, the perseverance and, and the wherewithal that I had to go through, it definitely developed me to be the type of player I am. And it gave me an opportunity that when the opportunity um, opened up for me, I could take full advantage of it. What was your signing bonus in Baltimore for an undrafted rookie? Do you remember? I don't even remember, but I can tell you what, I don't think that it could, I, I would probably say about $2,500 if I, if I'm thinking back. <laughs> and, and when I, and when I think about that $2,500, <laughs> I I'm thinking like, what in the world am I thinking? Cause you know, I come into my rookie season and we've got first round draft picks, you know, second round draft picks. We've got guys showing up with the, the latest car uh, and, and, the, and, you know, the latest thing that you could think of, they were showing up with it. But, you know, for me, it was just a journey, uh, I guess, to my story. And I, I can I remember, I couldn't even tell you what I might have done with the $2,500. I really couldn't tell you. But I believe it was around that number. And um, I was shocked to even know that, that was they had a number like that. I'm like, what is this? You know, uh, but at that time, you know, coming out of college at the University of Texas, it was obviously more than what I had at that time. And then I was going with, an, with not even a promise, but just an opportunity to go see what I can do. But the reason why I chose the Baltimore Ravens was that I knew the starting running back was Bam Morris. I knew second that the the backup running back was Ernest Biner. Ernest Biner was 35 years of age, um, and then and then their starting back Bam Morris. I knew that anything that Bam did in practice, it would never look like me, and everything I did would never look like him. So I said, okay, I at least have an opportunity to show that I'm a different type of back, and I can run the ball in a different way. And it's funny that even though I was thinking of all that and trying to strategize how I could make the team, Ted Marchabrota still came up to me and says, you know what, Priest. And Ted Marjorie was the oldest coach in the league at the time. He comes to yeah. me and says, Breach, you're not going to run the ball one time this year. I'm going to give you an opportunity to make this team, and you're going to make it on special teams. Honestly, I couldn't even tell you what special teams was. I didn't even play special teams when I was at the University of Texas. <laughs> I stood in the backfield and, and caught a kickoff return once or twice, you know, and that might have been in practice. But I had never really been on special teams throughout my entire career at the University of Texas. Um except for like maybe filling in on a kickoff return but other than that never played and then I get my first year in the league and now they're telling me you're not going to play running back you're only going to make this team playing special teams and I got to just figure this stuff out you know so I think that for my career you know early on you know I had the setback with the injury that was just one of those fluke things that probably would never happen but it did happen and then I get to the league and I'm thinking I'm about to go into this just awesome where guys get paid you got these opportunities you got the big house and i come in there i said twenty five hundred dollars what is this by you <laughs> you, know I mean? <laughs> you know but uh you know it, it was all worth it and uh you know i you know i guess that with that being said it, it definitely allowed me to go into the league in a different way and so my appreciation for the you know my my position and where i was at that particular climb you know it, it it was it gave me the opportunity to develop in a different way as an athlete um, there was one thing Ernest Biner said to me. Ernest Biner said to me, he said, Priest, there's one thing. There's two different type of players. There's the football player, right? And there's the professional football player. Which one do you want to be? You can figure it out, 
but most of the guys that are just football players, they're not going to be here that long. But the professional that comes in here and knows the playbook, reads the film, watches the videotape, and takes his position seriously, regardless of how much money he makes, that professional player is going to be here long, a lot longer than that football player. And so I took those words to heed, and uh, I think that those things stuck to me and allowed me to have an 11-year career. Well, I bet it was an awesome career. Ernest Biner, you're way too young to have played with Ernest Biner. I was thinking about him with Cleveland. I'm like, there's no way Priest Holmes played with him. But like you said, that's the end of his career. And, you know, he's at 35 years old. That is so uh, interesting. Now, what about fantasy football? I bet people still bring that up to you like crazy. All of us that were playing that and living vicariously, you were one of the great fantasy backs of all time because you caught the ball, you ran for huge yardage, you scored constantly. That one year you had, what, Priest, like 27 touchdowns or 20? I mean, it was it was an unbelievable number, but I know there's some funny story I was reading recently about you realizing for the first time how big a, a star you were in fantasy football, maybe something that happened to you when you were in Vegas. Absolutely. So I was in Vegas, and I was there for an appearance. I think we were at the Hard Rock um, Casino or Cafe or one of those uh, uh, casinos that are there, uh, and that I was there for an appearance, but there was also some fantasy football um, players that were participating and that these guys actually had just won over $350,000. I had no idea. They had no idea I was going to actually be there. But as we were actually crossing in the lobby area, as I was going to my appearance and they were finishing up, uh, they heard that I was there and I was coming through. And so because there was security and all of that stuff like that. So I'm coming through. And so, you know, they rushed to me wanting to meet me. And they are telling me about how I helped them win three hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Just something incredible like that. And so I, I think that was pretty <laughs> awesome. Um, I, I can tell you what, that when it was fantasy football in that era, when it was just being introduced and, you know, you know, I and I was really at the forefront of my career. Uh, it really did put my name into the households of, you know, tons of people that participated with fantasy football. And even to this day, I still have people that, you know, uh, give pay homage, I guess you could say. And, you know, they, uh, you know, celebrate and get excited about the fact that, uh, you know, I won them their fantasy football league. I won them money uh, and all of that stuff. So even to this day, you know, 16, 17 years after I've done playing and, you know, and, and at that time, if you remember that early 2000s, you know, fantasy football was something that was more outlawed for even current players to even participate in. You know, you couldn't have anything to do with it. And so until this day, even though it's many, many years later, I've actually never had an opportunity to sit down and play fantasy football. I know tons of people that have, and they talk to me about it all the time, but I've never played the game myself. But I think it's uh, pretty, pretty awesome because it brings not only men, and women together in a workplace and, you know, they have a lot of fun. Uh, um, they create these groups and they have their players and they discuss them, you know, throughout the year. So um, I hear people talking about it. And it seems like a very fun, fun game. Yeah. Don't ever start because then, yeah, you, you don't want to, you don't want to get involved in that. Of course, people will still tell you about their teams. That's the worst is people go around talking about their, their teams all the time. And you're like, wait, I played, I do not need to hear about all of this. <laughs> Now, what about your family? I, I feel like I read that your sons have played some uh, football as well and were playing at the collegiate level. What's, 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 what were their careers like, and, and how has that gone? Yeah, so my, my, my sons, uh, two of my boys, uh, Jacobin and Corian, uh, they definitely have participated on different levels with collegiate football. Uh, they decided both to hang the cleats up, you know, that that uh, that 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 football desire or dream has, has, has passed them by. And so they've decided to go on with their lives. And, uh, 
you know, get into the professional working field. But during the times where they were in school, they definitely had some some really good um, some really good years. Uh, they got some great accolades while they were there and broke some records and stuff like that. Um, I had a receiver and a running back uh, in the two of the boys, and so and they've always they played football, you know, back when they were you know little league and all that good stuff like that. Um, but yeah, they're not participating in anything like that now. They're going on and you know they now got the the reality of the real world. You know, saying so. <laughs> I tell them you can't hide in the bubble. You know, like you know. Most of the football players, you get to, you know, like for me, I was able to continue to hide in that bubble of, you know, the football world, you know, and so then you, you finally retire. You got to come into reality of like, mm-hmm. okay, I got to go make my own, I got to go make my own breakfast. <laughs> Wait a minute, I don't get served <laughs> for me every day no more, you know. So yeah, it's um, it's it's been a great time, and I'm proud of proud of my my boys and everything like mm-hmm. that. And so yeah, they'll be joining me, and they'll be there um, uh, for the induction. So we'll have some fun this weekend. Yeah, one of them, I think, did it, one of them play in Belton? Did I see Mary Harden Baylor? I mean, that's pretty, uh, I mean, that is, uh, that, that's a big time uh, school. It, it wins national titles. So that's, yeah, uh, yeah. That, yeah that's yeah, pretty he, awesome. Yeah, he definitely does. Yeah, Corian was there uh, on the team for a couple of the years. Uh, decided mm-hmm. to, to hang those cleats up and go the yeah. accountant, a CPA. So I told him, I said, well, yeah, guess what? I said, uh, you'll be handling more than $2,500. I'll tell you that did what I started off with when I left school. <laughs> yeah, well, I mean, from San Antonio Marshall to the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, and you deserve all these Hall of Fames. I mean, it's like Missouri Hall of Fame. I mean, they, you just go right through them. But uh, we're excited for you, and people can still – I think there may be a couple spots left. That's tshof.org for the big. Uh, that's this coming uh, uh, Saturday night, and uh, that's going to be a great one. And I'm glad it wasn't a mistake. Uh, I'm glad that uh, you get to be in the Texas High School Hall of Fame and the Texas Sports Hall of Fame, Priest. Uh, it's going to be a fun class, and I really appreciate you taking the time. I've loved watching you. I mean, you you had too many yards against my alma mater. I feel like half your yards in college came against Baylor, so I'm still a little hurt by that. But uh, but it's been fun watching you over the years, and congratulations to you. Absolutely. I appreciate the call, and thanks for having me on. You bet. There he goes. Priest Holmes uh, going to be inducted coming up on uh, Saturday night. And, of course, that uh, again, that's Texas Sports Hall of Fame. That's tshof.org org for more information on that you heard him talk about jay black the executive uh, director genesis does such a good job and uh, helping me connect to some of these folks and man very very exciting we had robert brazil on the other day the pro football hall of famer and then priest holmes i mean the numbers he put up uh and again like some of these other players um uh, i think of terrell you know i think of all uh, the player you know from the broncos i think of some of these players that just were, it was quick, but man, for about a five or six year period, he put up huge numbers, and uh, it's pretty uh, pretty awesome to uh, to get to visit with him.